The New Age Christianity Podcast is brought to you by Hello, New Age Christian family. This is Austin Fletcher. You're listening to the New Age Christian Podcast, and this is episode number 78. Today, Kat Wilden is back in the studio with me, and we are unpacking the secret a little bit more and working with the law of attraction in Kat's own words. So uh, this interview actually went really long, and there was lots of great stuff. We definitely got wound up towards the end of the 45 minutes, so... We split it into two different interviews. Um, this is part one, where Kat and I talk a lot more about the philosophy behind the secret and the law of attraction, how it works, and how to understand it a little bit better for different people. As always, Kat has some great ways of saying things that are different than mine, and so I wanted you to hear that, and I didn't want to edit those out. So this first episode is about the philosophy of the secret, and then the next episode, number 79, we'll get more into the nuts and bolts of how she works with it. So let's get started and have some fun. All right, New Age Christian family, here we are back in the studio with Kat Wilden. Say hello, Kat. Hi. Well, Kat, it's been a, I don't know, it's probably been almost a year since the last time we had you in the studio. Yeah, that's fine. We did, <laughs> we did an episode on uh, stones and crystals and fancy rocks. And uh, I, I want to say something like, I'll do better this time so it won't be a year before you have me on again. I don't again, think it'll be a year. I don't, yeah. <laughs> so um, then we did an interview with a New Age Christian with you as well. Yes. So yes. this is the third time, I believe, mm-hmm. unless we're missing one. So welcome back. Good to have you. Thank you for having me. And uh, as you know, and as the audience hopefully knows by now, I just did a whole series on unpacking the secret and mm-hmm. kind of understanding the law of attraction. And as kind of capping off that series, I wanted to do some interviews with other people to kind of get their perspectives, realizing that 13 episodes of my perspectives and my experience are brilliant. It's brilliant and (laughs) life-changing, but it may not check all the boxes of different people's experiences. So I've already done an interview with Ron Hale and then Kaylee, and now I want to get one with you, which... You know, and also the male and female side of things too is is our brains work differently, mm-hmm. and our emotions work differently, and there's there's just a lot to the art of the law of attraction, and it's essentially. And I, the more and more I get into this, more and more I kind of feel like it's the art of living. Yeah. And men and women do it very differently. So sure. hopefully you'll have some great insights for those ladies out there. I hope so. And heaven forbid a man learn a few things. So. <laughs> Well, so anyway, right out of the gate, uh, <laughs> that was that was really sexist, like against men. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Well, I gotta be honest. Like, I know the audience. Most of the audience is female, and uh, in this industry, mm-hmm. it's rare to find men who are willing to learn about how to be better people. So, wow, that's a shame. It is a thing, like. I believe if, it was just a, a shame. Most men, you guys. Know, let's be honest. We think we know it. We think we got it. We, we learned everything we need to know in high school. That explains some things. I <laughs> that's not. Hmm. Anyway, which Jordan Peterson's got some really great stuff on the male versus female dynamic there. Huh. 
But anyway, that was a really long foyer into that discussion to say I'd like to get some of your perspectives on the law of attraction. Sure. It's one of my favorite topics, really. Yeah? Yeah, I love it. So right out of the gate, like, how would you describe the law of attraction to somebody? It would be depend on if they know that everything is vibration. And I say no because it is just truth. It's not something I made up. It's not some voodoo thing that some, I don't know, witch doctor created in their hut. I don't know. Um, it's a... <laughs> It's a universal truth, the law of vibration. Everything is vibration. It is science. It's not It's not even in the realm, like it doesn't have to only be in the realm of spirituality. It is, but it's scientific fact. Everything is vibration. And so if we understand that, and I, I would assume people listening to this episode have listened to your series on Unlocking the Secret and your other interviews and stuff regarding it, I'm assuming that they're at least to that point. So I'll skip that part. So knowing that everything is vibration, I kind of illustrate it like a train. Every belief that we have is a track. And so our train is going down this track. Some of the tracks we created ourselves, which is a whole other thing. Some of the tracks were created for us when we were young in that theta brain state until seven, which is essentially in a hypnotized state. Your subconscious is wide open for seven years. That's where we get our programming. That's how we learn how to react and respond and interact with life. So a lot of those tracks are built then. Some of them are built by our parents or our friends or relatives or whatever. So those beliefs are emotion. Emotion creates beliefs and vice versa. And so you can't fake emotion. You can't like, no, I'm actually really happy and, and you're full of shit. <laughs> like, <laughs> you're, you're miserable. And so you can't fake emotion. You can lie that you're not feeling it, but the energy of the emotion is truth. And it's always now. It is always now. There's no time. Yeah, emotions are all, they're trapped in time. Emotions are always now. Right, which is an important thing to think about too when we're regarding the law of attraction and the time frame of that. We'll talk about that later maybe. But so emotion is truth. And so it doesn't matter what you consciously think you think or what you consciously think you believe. Like, no, I totally believe that people love me. Like, I'm just so lovable. If there's something in there, and you're actually, your train is going down this track of something that happened when you were four, where you don't feel loved by people, you don't feel recognized or whatever, your train is still going down that that track. And so you can be consciously looking out the window and seeing the scenery and thinking thoughts of what you're gonna do when you get off the train, but your train is still moving down the same track in the same direction, with the same emotion and so we get in these kind of vibrational ruts and the destination is the same what we believe is our track and so people get really offended when they find out or they're told that they're the conductor of the train and not just a passenger on it Um, and they think that like they can blame where the track is going on the person driving the train like, well, you're not pulling the right switches. I want to go over there and I'm still heading down this way that I don't want to go. Well, you're the conductor. You have to pull those switches yourself. They get really mad. But yeah, I don't. And I found and maybe uh, this is you know, we kind of started this whole episode off with the male female dynamic. I found the ones who get the most mad are females. Have you found that the most mad? Yeah, I think so. I think that there's probably something to do with being in charge or the being in control. I mean, most men are brought up with a certain sense of like, well, you're a leader and you're in charge of this stuff and you have a say in where your life goes. And not to be, I don't want to bring in a whole feminist element to this conversation, but there is truth to 
like women generally are not brought up the same way. Right. <laughs> like, Especially in the Christian world, which a lot of the audience is Christian, that they're brought up that women need to follow and women need to submit to their husbands and they need all of these things that kind of create an energy around your life is not yours to control and it's you are a victim and you, it isn't your fault. It's your it's somebody else's fault. And coming from that, there's two parts I'm going to touch on. With that. <laughs> <laughs> the church, like talking about Christianity, one of like I came from the church and one of the, my main frustrations, like to be transparent, the church never sat well with me. There was something missing and there was something off always. And a lot of it was to do with their perception of who God is and his view of us, whatever. So Christianity, one of my most frustrating complaints with Christianity is their refusal. Like it's a widespread refusal of responsibility. Like <laughs> all of this terrible stuff is happening. It must be God's will. I'm like, oh, no, <laughs> you made that. <laughs> or like waiting for Jesus to come back because he'll fix everything. I'm like, well, he already came. It's our job. This realm was entrusted to us as stewards of this physical realm. That's why we were created. And so we keep waiting to leave. We keep waiting to die so that we can get out of here. Like, this is where we're meant to be. We're not doing a very good job. Everything that is in this world right now, all of this struggle and pain and war and famine, like all of these terrible things. And this is when people don't like hearing that they're the conductor of this train because it's on fire and heading off of a broken bridge off a cliff or something but we are the conductors of that we have we were created in his image meaning that we are creators we are constantly creating and people don't get that like well i wouldn't have thought that i wouldn't have thought that my family would disown me like i love you but there's going to be some tough love happening because you did Mm-hmm. I try to be careful with how I word this with people because for sure it's painful. If, if if their life is full of trauma and pain, you don't want to be like, well, that's your fault, you know. Right. But illustrating it in a way where something that you believe, some track that you're vibrating on is allowing that into your life, is attracting that into your life. I say allowing because people are like, well, I wouldn't attract that. I don't want that. Like, why? Understand that you don't want it, but some belief, your choo-choo train is going down a track that is sending you off a cliff somewhere, or it's repeating, it's just this big circle loop that it's going to keep passing by the same stuff until you realize that you have this power to flip, like pull that lever, flip the switch, change the track, and get on a new one. Mm-hmm. But yeah, that's not a fun conversation for most people. <laughs> I mean, the devil the devil and God and the, the, the dual good and evil, light and dark. I mean, that is the tree that uh, Adam and Eve partook in. And it is the dichotomy of external forces that humanity has believed ever since then. Their identity was outside of them. I need to do this. I need to eat this fruit in order to be like God. Mm -hmm. Versus realizing that one chapter earlier, we were already made like God. Right. You know, in his image and likeness. And emphasis on a likeness. And so the realities under universal laws and universal creative power and how that same undifferentiated power can create good or evil. But the operative word is it is creating good or evil. And it's really then on humanity's 
it's on our shoulders to realize that we are the ones deciding which direction that energy is going. Right. That it is like the energy inside the wires inside your home. And that, that power is always on, but it only turns the light on when you flip that switch. Or it turns the fan on when you flip the other switch. And you decide what this energy is going to go to. And all of humanity has been deciding it's going to go for these goods and it's going to go for these evils. And yet somehow we have relinquished the power and relinquished that decision-making role to these ideas known as God and the devil. If we look at it this way, and it's not to get into like conspiracy theorists. Oh, I love this. I know you do. <laughs> okay, we go there. So let's say that Christians don't believe in the law of attraction, that everything is in God's hands and he creates everything. So then A, why is all of this happening? But B, by not acknowledging this and not learning how to use it as a creator, as a son of God, by like rejecting this, your birthright, like the law of attraction is your birthright. Mm -hmm. So if you're rejecting that and be like, you know what, is this just too much responsibility? I just want to sit here and wait for Jesus to come. Like you have a job to do. Sorry, I was too bitchy. <laughs> that was super bitchy. Awesome. I know. So you have a job to do. And now what you're doing, if the whole of Christianity was like, no, this is, this is like woo woo. This is like of the devil. This is a law that God gave us. If we're not going to use it, guess who is? It's still going to be creating. People are still going to be creating with it. Why would you not want to use that to create what you feel would be what God wants on, in this realm, on yeah. the earth? To double down on how crappy that whole system is, is that those same people, because the law of attraction doesn't stop working for them. I know, and they're bad. Uh, yeah, and so then... But they know, they know this. And God, like, they don't have God to be like, oh, well, I would do this, but God's going to, like... No, I'm talking about the people who, like, it's too much work, I can't do it. Oh, those guys. Those guys. <laughs> this, the law of attraction still works for them. Oh, yes. They're just not using it on purpose. And so then what they're doing is, well, it would be so much easier if the devil would just take over, and then Jesus would be in charge eventually. Yes, the Christians that are trying to, like, bring about the, the quote-unquote end times so that Jesus will come back. Like, congratulations, you're as bad as the like the devil. List. Well, what you're saying is, is you want the devil to take over, right? Because you think it's going to bring about the apocalypse and the end times and stuff like that. But I, but mm, the ends justify the means. It's a, fr <laughs> it's a frustrating topic <laughs> at times. Like we have this beautiful, powerful gift, this tool that was created for us to be powerful and like God and like Jesus, which says in the Bible that we're supposed to do greater things than He did. Yet we're complacent. And we're watching it come to an end and we're celebrating it. Some of us are celebrating it because we think it's going to bring about the rapture or something. I think it's righteousness to to rejoice in his second coming when we kind of ignore the reality that apparently his first coming wasn't good enough. Ooh, that's rude. Like, he said you, it was finished, but he was kidding. Thank you for going through all of that, but I'm going to need to see it again. <laughs> yeah. We're going to need two forms of identification. <laughs> <laughs> that was really good. That was. I've never used that joke. I'm wow. definitely going to use that. Yeah, take a note. <laughs> That's good. Okay, well, I'm glad I bring out the bitchiness in you. Let's yeah. move on. <laughs> I didn't mean, like, I don't, I don't want to dig on Christians, but they're, it's so frustrating. They're so powerful. They should be. If they're true Christians, they should be the most, among the most powerful humans on the planet. Mm -hmm. If they understood and accepted their birthright. 
Especially when they're claiming all the promises of that power and of that, like, we should be abundant and we should have our needs met and we should be sources of refuge for other people. And mean, meanwhile, I can't pay my own bills. I don't understand it, but it must be the devil's fault or must be because God, Jesus didn't fit. Like, or he's teaching the, me a lesson. All the responsibility is just not mine. And yet the people who, have you ever wondered why the people who are the most powerful in this world are the people who think they are God? The people who are like, you know what? Screw that whole religion thing. I'm just going to change the world. I'm going to make a bunch of money. I'm going to change. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. And they've stepped into this. Many, many, many of them have stepped into essentially the driver's seat of their own life. They are the conductor of their train. Mm -hmm. And I think there's a very arrogant way in which a lot of them have done it. A lot of them said, God doesn't exist. It's every man for himself. Like, that's not what we're saying either. But they're working with the law of attraction in a way that makes them billionaires and many people are working with a lot of attraction in a way that makes god like the bad guy and satan the hero because that's actually how the world's going to get better is when satan finally does his job like it's this bass backwards way that basically says i don't know how to drive this train and so i'm going to pout and yell at the con i'm gonna i'm gonna yell at the tracks or it's like i don't like where this train is going so like change it that's why, like, one of the things I was listening to the episode that you did with Kaylee and the, like, how do you handle when you manifest negative things in your life? And I've had so many conversations that I'm trying to empower the person by letting them know, like, hey, this is, if this is a pattern for you, you need to check into or I encourage you to check into what beliefs you have that would keep this pattern reoccurring in your life. And they get really offended. And... <laughs> I'm like, oh my gosh. And that's really frustrating too, because I took it the absolute opposite way. When we learned this back when I was in your Bible study years ago, and we were learning about the law of attraction as, you know, Christians. And so we were just coming into this realization and knowledge of this power that we have. It was like, so you're telling me that the last 30 something years of my life being pretty terrible was all my fault. That's amazing. Like, that was so empowering to hear that, holy shit, everything that I've experienced that was undesirable, uncomfortable, or painful, somehow there's something in me that I'm creating that. I'm powerful enough to create something that devastating. <laughs> so that's cool. But, like, if you hear the message in that, like, you're also, you're creating. You're a creator. That's what we were made to do. So realizing that you have that much power and just flip the switch like, oh, crap. Maya Angelou has a quote that says, do the best you can until you know better Then when you know better, do better. Like we didn't know that we were creating that like, whoops. But now, you know, just shift it, start creating good things that so you don't have to sit there and pout and be like, I didn't do that. Yeah, you did. Let's just get over yourself and start creating what you do want. Now that you know, if you can swallow that, a lot of people can't. A lot of people just dig in their heels and like, nope, I had nothing to do with that. I'm like, well, then you're gonna continue on those patterns until you learn the lessons. I believe personally in reincarnation. I don't know if that's a big, I don't know how that is for your audience, but. I think it's still a debate for most, I'm pretty much there. Yeah. I think a lot of our audience, I mean, it's New Age Christianity, so there's really no subject that's like, Oh, I couldn't possibly. I mean, <laughs> Jesus, the Bible, God, reincarnation, sin, right, wrong, all that. It's all, it's all up for debate. 
Okay. Well, I personally, even when I was deep in the church, it just always sat well in my soul. It just feels like a truth for me. So also with that added, we have lessons in this lifetime to learn. Mm-hmm. They're not all going to be fun. And so you can either dig in your heels and pout and be like, my life sucks. Or you can learn the lesson that that particular thing is teaching you, shift your track and move on to something better. Like we have so much power and so much control over our life and our self and our progression and everything. We have so much control, yet we sit here helplessly. And then we're ans- we're offered an answer and we're offered a cure. Like, hey, this is a mechanism that if you learn how to use it, you can be endlessly powerful in your right. own life. And it's, it's hard for me to wrap my head around people that refuse it. They're like, no, that sounds like too much work. <laughs> well, it's, there's a, I mean, I think our culture has learned i mean it is it is a a well established method now for empowerment is to be the biggest victim right yeah so i'm going to be doing an episode on collectivism and then it's it is which group can i claim to be a part of that is the most oppressed so that in conversations i can have the most control over what other people say and do because if you use the wrong word and it offends me, you now feel bad and I feel better that you feel bad, right? Mm-hmm. And so we have glorified and codified the victim energy as one of the primary ways to be powerful. Gross. It is gross, but it is. Yeah, it's legit. So when you deal with the law of attraction, and people, when you're saying, hey, this victim thing over here that has actually made you feel justified in your bitterness and made you feel justified in your immaturity and it's made you feel justified in all of these things, we're telling you that it's your responsibility. Many, many people feel disempowered by that thought. For sure. So for me, I found that the number one thing that has differentiated the different people from how they react is if you have found power in being a victim, you will not like the implications of this message. Now, identifying that fact can then kind of be the first way to be like, oh, shit, one, I have found power in being a victim. Two, the way what you're saying is, is if I flip this on its head and I own it, that I can find power in being the powerful one, which one would you rather have? And it's really hard to hear when you feel, when you develop an identity, there's people who develop these identities around being abused in a plethora of ways, not going to list them. But if you have developed an identity and it's a major part of your story, and when you introduce yourself to new people or you go to new churches or you go to new groups and you start your new work and the first person you talk to at the office and these stories are the victim stories, then let that be a sign to you that you have developed an identity around it Mm -hmm. and that this is absolutely threatening that identity. The idea of the law of attraction, you are powerful, you can be a creator, that no wonder it pisses you off to think that that moment, that thing, that relationship, that story was your fault. And then bringing in the law of attraction and reincarnation and all of that, which I do believe in reincarnation at this point, it makes sense 
as we're all divine beings and we're all eternal, that our consciousness is about ascending and transcending and growing and being, mm-hmm. that we are individual expressions of God learning how to be himself mm-hmm. and, and experience new things. And so the idea of reincarnation just makes sense. And so then you have to ask, well, if, that, if reincarnation is a thing, then the question of what's the meaning of life takes on a whole new flavor. Mm-hmm. And to me, the meaning of life at that point becomes about growth, mm-hmm. about experience and about growing. And so maybe there's a reason that your higher self chose to birth you in a family where you would be abused, right? That your yeah. higher self chose to birth you in a country where your race would be maligned, mm-hmm. where your higher self chose to put you in this scenario because there was a lesson you needed to learn. Your higher self chose to put you in a, in a mother that would abort you. Like, that there is reasons that even your higher self would put you in the scenarios, even if you as cat today, right now, this version of your energy, of your consciousness, didn't attract everything. Going back even to the higher, deeper versions of who Kat is mm-hmm. and the life that she was born into. Even on that level, that is where we're saying you, the big, giant, massive, divine version of you, you is responsible. Yeah, it's not just your your energy tracks. And some of those tracks that are laid down like can't just be like, this track was laid down by my creepy uncle. Like Some of them were laid down by your divine self, like your divine expression of God, your higher self, made those tracks for you because they're ones that you need to travel down. And so... Yeah, there's definitely a super easy way to do this entire life as a victim. And you can do that if you want to. But it's harder work and it's some hard pills to swallow to do it as a powerful creator of your own life. And that's I think that is the meaning of things. That's why we're here is to learn how to be powerful expressions of God. One of the first things people have to do is they have to detach themselves from the collective identities that have found victim power explain 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 Um, so uh, you and I've had a lot of conversations over the years about feminism Mm -hmm. right Mm -hmm. feminism is a collective identity that has found victim power and uh, we've had a lot of conversations where you being a woman and understanding the power of women everything that you've had to disattach there's been a lot of conversations about if you attach yourself to being feminist then there's an identity that the moment you stand in there and you say, no, we're powerful and the, we are responsible, the women are responsible, we have attracted, <laughs> right? <gasps> right? That is immediately where it's like, oh, crap. You're just saying that because you're a man. I'm just kidding. <laughs> pick, a, you know, pick a race, pick a, you know, and at this point, white Christian males. Yeah. Are, we are... We're building this, and I've caught myself doing it. Like, well, now the number one, now the biggest evil is being a white Christian male. And there's this collective identity that I can attach myself to and start attracting people who hate white Christian males. Oh my gosh. And then I'll be reinforced with my beliefs. And that it will be me that is driving the people in my life who can't stand white Christian males because I'm the one that put myself there. There's plenty of white Christian males who haven't run into these problems. Mm hmm. Right? There's mm-hmm. plenty of women who haven't run into bigotry and haven't run into men who abuse them and everything like that. But there is the law of attraction is is so pervasive and it's really difficult when you find those collective identities. 
I'm white. I'm a male. I'm a Christian, right? I'm a big guy with a beard and I'm very masculine. Like those things create identities that some group out there is going to hate. Some group out there is going to dislike and we all have them. And that, that's a whole other thing for my collective collectivism episode that I'm going to do. But just realizing with the law of attraction, one of the first, one of the hardest things to do is to detach yourself from those forms of identifying your I amness. Especially because you've you've likely gravitated towards those groups for some type of belonging and you know safety and camaraderie and stuff like that. And so, not only is it detaching from those ideals and that energy, but you also have to like remove yourself from somewhere that you feel accepted. And so that's also yeah, not the most fun. And I can see how people would put that off, but it comes down to priority, I guess. Yeah. I mean, I can imagine, you know, someone who has made their identity around being sexually abused and they're part of different groups, support groups and stuff like that. Or and, advocates and they've started foundations right. and stuff for sure. And then you step into this law of attraction and you go, so what, in what ways did I attract that? In what ways did, and maybe it wasn't, maybe we were a little freaking kid. And then you have to look at your higher self and you can still own it in power, you know, but it makes it really difficult to then continue to find an identity with those same friends and family when you start trying to tell them, hey, you realize that this was your attraction and you did this and you can change this. And they go, fuck you, get out of my life. I've been that person. (laughs) (laughs) Not the fuck you, get out of my life, but like the, hey, because I have... A history like my life has not been easy the first half of it was pretty pretty grim and I have found so much power and so much solidification of identity and divinity in understanding and accepting that there's something vibrating in me okay so this is the other thing like if you know that it's you vibrating that frequency and on that track you can change it actually I already said that but I want to say it again it's important <laughs> <laughs> but so oh my gosh, there's something vibrating in me that caused me to be sexually abused. Like, I can either sit in a corner and cry about that and woe is me, or I can be like, holy crap, let's get rid of that because that was not a desirable situation and I would like it to not happen again. So you have the power to do that. And so not only is it not accepting your power and then going forth and creating the life that you want, but you're also not stopping these destructive repetitive patterns or these painful things from coming back. And you're going to keep blaming other people and until we can be like, okay. And it's not, you're not consciously doing it. It's not your conscious no, thought. Like, oh, I deserve this. Some people do feel that way. And I'm, don't do that. Right. <laughs> but it is something in here, something that was said to you in passing when you were little, something that you saw, something that you read. There's such subtle things that can create such deep tracks. And it's hard to jump them onto a different one, but it's possible. Mm-hmm. You have to want to do it, obviously. That's like one of the biggest things. You People won't change unless they want to. And so there's a lot of reasons that we just talked through that people might not want to change. They might not want to feel powerful if they've found an identity and a lifestyle and being a victim. That's a legitimate, that's almost like a, a job nowadays. That's so like a job title. Like, I'm Cat Wilden, victim. Like, so many people are finding their identity in victimhood or, yeah. and finding that collective spot in the world. I'm curious, um, what do you think in working with the law of attraction? So we've talked a lot about the philosophy around it, which I love. It's been some really good additional insights. But in your experience, I'm assuming you're aware of it. 
and you work with it on purpose. The law of attraction or something else you're going to... The law of attraction. Oh, yes. Yeah. So, because it's always working and we've kind of described kind of ways in which people like need to wake up to realize that it is working, whether you want to or not. You're just creating bad stuff. So now, grabbing hold of it and saying, all right, I hear you guys, I own it. What has been the hardest thing for you to master about working with the law of attraction on purpose? I find that... With the law of attraction, there's different elements. There's the the tools you use to kind of, whether it's visualization or energy work. Um, other things is watching how you're using your life to realize the patterns in your life. Like mm-hmm. for others, the hardest thing to master is taking ownership. You know, we just talked a bunch about yeah. that. Like so, there's lots of things about living. What's the hardest one for you? I do. Li- I like taking ownership. It's weird. Like there's a lot of power in that. I think that similar to Kaylee is like getting past what it's supposed to look like. I think realizing that it is always flowing and that how simple it is has -hmm. actually been the hardest part for me. Okay. How simple it is because I like research and I like, I'm a very intentional person. So everything I do is super intentional. And so I want to do like this ritual thing to manifest this glorious whatever, but I don't have to. Like you don't have to. And I kind of like, I'm a little bummed that it's not like this secret thing. I don't even know. Is that silly? I guess it's kind of silly, but like it's so simple and you just have, it's so easy to shift. So just relaxing into it and finding my personal flow in it. But actually the hardest part is how simple simple it's been. It's just easy. And Mm. I've been trying to, I guess my point, like I've been overcomplicating it. I've been trying to make it this big thing and it's really just, I don't know, it's as easy as breathing sometimes. Once you get the principles down and you understand it and you can own it. Yeah, it's it's that laboring to enter into rest. That's, yeah. that's a scriptural idea of like work really, 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 really hard to figure out that you don't need to work hard at all and it's just like breathing. Yeah, that. <laughs> like, well it's, I mean, I just spent 13 episodes explaining the law of attraction and... And this is not like you're absolutely right for, for to get to the end of it and be like, and on the last episode of the law of attraction, the person we interviewed just said it's really simple, <laughs> right? With three interviews later, plus third, I think there's 14 with the intro episode. So we're talking yeah. about 17 intro episodes about the law of attraction before this one for you to say the hardest thing to master is that it's really simple, I think is absolutely apropos to say at this point. Well, we're all doing it. You're doing it now. You're whoever's you've listening to it. it you've been life. doing it your whole life. That's how easy it is. You were doing it fluently and you didn't even know you knew how. So that is the double edged sword as well Is it's super easy to manifest the life that you want. And it's super easy to manifest a bunch of shit that you would rather not have. So yeah, that's the rub. It's super easy. Yeah. And it's the reason I spend now 17 episodes or whatever it is total on this subject is because I was thinking about this before I interviewed Kaylee. I'm like, so why am I doing this whole series? Why am I emphasizing it? I mean, this is a, the new age Christian podcast. There's plenty of things to talk about, right? We talk about the Bible. We talk about Jesus. We talk about science. We talk about politics. We talk about whatever. I spent 17 episodes on this subject. Is it just because I'm passionate about it or whatever? And what it is, is I just realized is life is about enjoying it. Life is about loving your life. Your life is a gift. It is now. It is something that should be so rewarding and so awesome. And so few 
people live that life. And it's arguably, to me, the most important thing to know. It is the most important thing to know as being human. It's the number one rule for being being human is learn how to work with the law of attraction. And so you've been doing it. Your IMness doesn't need to learn how to work with the law of attraction. It is introducing your intentionality to the law of attraction that you need to understand and to study and everything like that. But once you know it, don't hold on to the complexity that I have delivered in 17 episodes. Realize, take all of this complexity, take all of this like, okay, so Austin said this and this and this and da, 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 da. Study it, work with it, work those muscles out and everything like that. But then don't forget at the very end of everything, you've been doing it forever anyway. Mm-hmm. That it is actually really simple. You've already attracted things into your life you do like, whether it's a relationship or a job or a physique or a favorite food, whatever it is, you've done it. Examine the things that you've already done well with and examine how easy that was. Yeah. And so take all of this stuff. As I really love that this is coming out of the last episode of this whole thing. Take all the stuff you've heard. Work with it. Understand that the intention is not to teach you how to work with the large dragon because you never have. No, you've been working with it your whole life. It's teaching you how to understand how you can put your intention into it because we all want things that are better and we don't know how to get them. This is, if anything is true, there's a way in which it is true. If there is a way in which you can insert your ask into your life, this is how you do it. Once you've learned how to do it, Realize that the number one thing that keeps it from working is that you think it's really complicated, but it's not. It's super simple. You've been doing it the whole time anyway. So now back those muscles down into, turn those disciplines and all these things you're working really hard on and just turn them into who you are. And Mm. that is the art that I'm hoping these interviews helps unpack even further. So, Well, going and touching on the ask, we've had a lot of conversations about the ask and we've had similar spiritual journeys really that we've from a young age we've been super like I just want to do God's will and do what he has for me and whatever my purpose is or whatever work he wants me to do I want to do it and so being essentially living for 35 plus years as a soldier which is a noble pursuit but realizing and learning that we're not soldiers like we are sons of the king so that's quite a different mindset and that's a different lifestyle entirely and so realizing and this was a lesson recently for me like a year ago that my like whatever you want me to do i'll do it and i'm super brave and super tenacious and whatever you say for me to do i will do it without question which is is a soldier and is it's a very christian soldier dare i say rapey rapey there's an energy to it, like, uh, even if I don't want to, I'll do it. Even if I don't want to, I will let you force yourself on me. Yeah, yeah, that's gross. Or a slave. Slave. There, slave. Let's do, the, let's do slave. <laughs> <laughs> so, yes, it was a very slave or soldier mindset when, in reality, we are children of a king. Right? So, realizing that we have a say. And I had really painful 
lessons to get this through my head because I was dug deep. That track was worn down. So like my train car, you could see like the roof of it. It's like (laughs) down in the ground. It's been running for decades. And it was a really painful season for me because I was resisting like, well, what do you want? Like, whatever you want me to do, whatever you want me to do, I'll do it. But what do you want? Like, is this a trick? (laughs) (laughs) So understanding that we're not like for Harry Potter fans, like we're not like house elves that got an accidental sock and now we're free because of Jesus. Right. Like God doesn't need to be tricked into loving us. And, you know, he already does. Like we're like, (laughs) that's legit Dobby theology. You're welcome. (laughs) But having, like, we didn't just get an accidental, like, fine, you can have it because Jesus tricked me into forgiving you. (laughs) It's, we were born into a household where we have closets and closets of clothes embroidered in gold. And we were just like, oh, I guess I'll just work in the kitchen. Like, we're just, we just need to understand and accept what our birthright and, and identity is in as Christians, as human beings in general. So having the ask and your interview with Kaylee and saying no thank you, I've learned to refine my ask and it's beautiful. It's beautiful to just ask and then you watch it unfold. So we've used the analogy of being pregnant. Like a woman, there is no baby, but she's pregnant. So there's gonna be a baby. We know there's gonna be a baby because that's what happens, right? So your stomach is growing bigger and you're preparing a nursery. We don't think she's crazy because she's preparing a nursery for this baby that's coming, but there's no baby. And so when we're asking, there's a gestation period in the universe. And so you put your ask out there and you watch it unfold. And depending again, from your last interview, there's a time, what are we calling it? Time delay? I guess a time delay from the ask to the fruition of it. But there's also, the shortest path. Right. So your friend that you work with or whatever that I want this, but, and and so he got an answer like, here you go, here you go. I'm like, well, I don't really want it like that. And so there's a line to being petulant and like, <laughs> but I want everything right now and fine tuning it like, oh, wow. Okay. So I realized that that's not truly what I want. Can we shift it? And I need to add this into my ask or take this out of it or say, yes, I want this, but not at the cost of this. And so that is such, you are creating the life that you want. And so learning to ask for the things that I want, and it doesn't have to be some grand, like, let me save the world, just use me for that. It can be like, hey, I would really love a season of rest, or I would really love a reliable vehicle. It doesn't have to be some big thing, and it doesn't have to be some small thing either. Like, ask for things that you want or that you need or that would bring joy to your life. That's completely acceptable. And so one of the things I wanted to talk about with you, well, because it's your show, so that's why I would, but you specifically about this is that we're so well-versed in law of attraction Mm -hmm. and we've been using it for years with great success in certain areas, but both of us are still super broke. And that is like we've we've learned enough in the last year. Um, we've shared conversations about um, our journey and stuff with this, and we've had plenty of conversation about like okay. One of the things that we discovered is because of our similar journey of being in that soldier mindset, is that we haven't believed that we're 
allowed to be prosperous or wealthy, that there's a piety in poverty and that there's like there's subconscious beliefs about money being evil or it's corrupting people because now they have everything and so they're not going to struggle and there's lessons in struggle and there really are there's a lot of lessons that are harder to learn if you have all of your needs met it's true and so this is a good illustration of okay well i've i've balanced all the beliefs so that i can bring money into my life so why isn't it here and the reality for me i'll speak for myself and you can let me know if it's the same for you <laughs> but for me i've realized that the, the lessons that were in the poverty or the struggle were more important to me because i'm a personal growth junkie straight up like that is my entire passion is spiritual pursuit and that's way 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 more important to me than money and i would really like I would love that financial stability and that wealth and to not worry about things and have all of my needs provided for, but it still never has been more important than growth. Mm -hmm. And so I'm shifting myself into like, you know what? I feel like I've learned what I need to do from poverty. I'm ready to, <laughs> I'm ready to go to the bank, please. And I do believe that there are some lessons that I don't think I would have gotten um, mm -hmm. without that type of struggle. And so I am genuinely grateful for that but you could be asking for something you mentioned secondary gains yeah you could be asking for something and you really 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 want it but it's contradicting another thing that you want even more and so if you feel like the the law of attraction isn't working you know check and see if things are rubbing up against other things that are not that wouldn't be working in the same direction like sometimes i want speed like i want speed and efficiency like, okay, well, you can have that, but it's going to be at the cost of this relationship and this, you know, I, we'll just say that. So, okay, so I'll, I will agree to have the same goal met at a slower rate to preserve this relationship or whatever. You're going to have to find the balance. But all of this is to illustrate how much we're in control, how much and to a, a fine-tuned degree we are creating a reality. And if you take control of that and understand it and do it in a beautiful and grateful way, it's so fun. It's so simple. <laughs> I do agree. Like for me, the secondary gains. I did an episode on. I think it was one of the last ones. Like the things, the top three things I didn't mention, um, and I mentioned secondary gains in there about realizing. So yeah, what is more important to me and has been my whole life has been spiritual growth, maturity, becoming who the world needs me to be. That was the soldier side of it. Um, the truth of it is becoming who I want to be. I want to be immortal. I want to be a teacher. I want to change. I want to be uh, a world changer. And so I've kind of always known and had this subconscious and largely conscious understanding that to be who I want to be, I'm going to have to learn a lot of lessons. Mm -hmm. And so that has always been the number one thing I've attracted. You mentioned like if you think the law of attraction has been working, check those secondary gains. But also remind yourself. Oh, wait, no, I just think it's not working. But the reality is, is it is always working. So that is that trick of using your life to measure what you're attracting. So I realized, wow, my life, I have attracted lesson after lesson after lesson after lesson. I am now the person I am because of lessons and growth. And I've realized and finally owned the fact that my desire for lessons, my want for lessons, has never come close to even rivaling my desire for wealth. And you know what? It still doesn't. 
I know we need to fix that. Like, figure out the line to walk where we still get lessons but can have money. <laughs> well, this is this is about crafting the ask, that, and that is is realizing like, okay, I'm I can now tell the universe thank you, but no thank you. On I no longer feel the need to sacrifice financial success and stability for lessons. I feel like at this point, whatever lessons remain. I can now still learn them while also. While also being wealthy. One of the things that you had mentioned too in one of our conversations about this very thing was that we're also missing out on lessons that you learn with having a bunch of money. Like there's different lessons and different things that you learn while having lots of money. Like Mm -hmm. what to do with it, how to still be you know, spiritually tenacious or kind of people. How to pick your friends, how to hire people, how to... What to invest in. (laughs) There's a bunch of lessons that we have missed out on because our beliefs have been, or well, our focus has has been on spiritual growth. And so that's also shown up in my, my career life too. Like my focus and my priority, like my life perfectly reflects my priorities. My priorities are spiritual growth. And so career-wise, has never been high on my list. And so I just have like a normal person job where it just seems like, <laughs> seems like I should be something cooler by now, but it's not been, it's not been my focus. It's not been important to me. So. Yeah. That's the thing. The law of attraction is always working. Mm-hmm. And so if you're frustrated with it, if you think the life is, your life is not what you wanted, realize that there's something you probably want more mm-hmm. that you do have, Right. And so you have to change your life. You need to change your life. And so, you know, poverty and struggle and, and it has taught me a lot of things about gratitude, about, about asking, about thriftiness, about contentment. I mean, that's, those, those are great lessons. You know what I don't really know very well? I don't know how to fire somebody very well. I don't know how to pick the right investments. I don't know how to properly... Uh, investigate my dream vacation or talk with an architect about building my home and making sure that it's you know exactly how I want it you know I mean those are all skills that people with money have yeah. I don't have those skills right <laughs> those are all lessons and they're all different lessons there and they're I, I almost say they're not spiritual as much as they are you know wisdom and worldly but they're still everything spiritual and one of the things that I'm learning especially in the last three years I would say is how tied to physical true real life we are not that we're not just just spirits with bodies or bodies with spirits whatever however you see that (laughs) i've always struggled with connecting to my physical body and my pursuits always being spiritual hasn't helped that either and so realizing that i'm not just waiting and growing spiritually until i get to leave or something but understanding that part of the human experience is those things, is enjoying yourself, is going on vacation, is building your dream house intentionally, and that we're not just meant to be spiritual slaves until rapture or until we die and can leave this godforsaken realm, which <laughs> ah, this is our home. And well, it is godforsaken because we're the ones forsaking it. Ooh. Ooh. Deep We're thoughts in trouble. With Austin Fletcher. <laughs> Dobby theology. Yeah. So. I like how you have like all of these wise things, and I come in with Harry Potter theology. <laughs> it's fine. Well, 
Any parting? That kind of was your parting words. We're at like... Oh, I'm done then. Yeah, we're at like 50. That was your parting words. Yeah, we're almost at an hour, so... Yes, I do want to say as far as like supercharging, like when you start working with this, being in an energy of gratitude, that like makes it skyrocket, like as far as your results go. And I did you do an episode on that? I think you did around Thanksgiving. I did an episode around Thanksgiving on the the it, it being the secret to unlocking the law of attraction. Yes. So that goes along with you can't fake energy. And so if you're in a, in an energy of gratitude, that is the energy of already having it. So it's going to help. It's kind of like a a hack to building the energy of believing that you have it, like changing your belief into like, I already have this because I'm so grateful that I have it. That energy is real, but it's kind of like a shortcut to the believing that you have it already. So the other thing really quick is to start at reasonable and believable goals. You did mention that in yours, but is again, because you can't fake your energy. Mm -hmm. So like, I'm totally going to believe for a billion dollars when I wake up tomorrow. Okay. Like you're going to believe that and you're going to say that you do, and you're going to like wiggle in your chair to make it seem like you feel like it's true. But the reality is you're like, that's how is that even going to happen? Like if you can't think of a feasible way that that would happen, it's going to be harder for you to drum up that energy. So if you're like, hey, you know what? And this is something I started doing. Like I don't get bills in the mail anymore. I get checks. And so I'm like, I'm sick of getting bills in the mail. Like when you go to the mail, you get bills. And that's actually in the secret. So I started trying that and it works. You have to be careful with how (laughs) it works sometimes because now all of my bills are digital. So they're not in the mailbox. (laughs) I still get them. I still pay my bills, but they're not in the mailbox. And having some health issues where I actually had to do a fundraiser and like to pay the bills and people would send me checks in the mail. But I was really sick, so I was like, well, and so fine-tune those things. Those They're all lessons if you'll accept them. And like, okay, so I want checks in the mail, but I want it to not be because I'm sick. Right. So, I don't know. <laughs> it's fun. It's so fun to play with. You just do it lighthearted. Don't take offense to the fact that you're in charge of your life. It's a beautiful, powerful thing. And starting small is not because the universe can't handle it she can do anything is that you can't really believe for it truly there's so many tracks under there that are going to make it hard to even just probability like why would there be billion dollars in my mailbox i don't know anyone that would like if you like just pick something that you can imagine it doesn't have to happen that way but like your coffee thing like i'm just going to attract a cup of coffee that's a reasonable thing and so as you do the little ones it's going to build up your faith and belief that this is working and that you can do it so then you move up from there so again, it's not because the universe can't handle big things. It's that we're learning how to exercise this in a controlled way. There's an immaturity in a child that says, why can't I drive the car? Because you're five, right? And so there's I found it in a lot of Christians, especially who've been given all these verses and these promises. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then they go, law of attraction? Hell yeah. Billion dollars tomorrow? I'm going to win. And it's like this, whoa, whoa, dude. Like, And, it, and there's this measure of being a, immature child that has believed for this believe this really beautiful thing and then tries to bypass one of the other universal laws is the law of growth mm-hmm. right and so instead of pouting about it 
and going, Austin's putting a lid on my law of attraction. He's not letting me lose for a billion dollars, which has happened, trust me, because I teach this stuff, and then people get mad at me for calling them out on their bullshit. And I say, you need to be realistic, and then they go, you just said that I I can want anything. I'm like, they're universal laws, bro. Like, work with them. need a timeout. Right. Work with the laws and embrace the fact and go, okay, no, yeah, you know, the law of growth seems like an also, also seems to be something I see everywhere. That's one of the evidences of a universal law is that it always operates. And so you don't get to skip growth. It is another one that works with this law. It's just like the law of vibration works with this law. The law of gratitude works with this law. And so instead of pouting about it and trying to work around it, just realize, okay, no law of growth. Awesome. I want to be a billionaire. What is a believable step right now? And start working your way there. And I promise, and as as Bob Proctor says in The Secret, that the first time that happens, it'll get easier and easier. And now you're working with something known as the creative process. And the creative process, keyword process, is that you create again and again and again and again and you go from poor to billionaire in steps because you're growing and you are that tree that is becoming a sapling that's becoming an oak i mean that is the process and so working with the law of growth instead of trying to work around it Mm -hmm. because it's my birthright well yes it is and if you can and you win the lottery congratulations chances are you won't hang on to the money because you went around the law of growth and it happens a lot right and then that is part of your growth congratulations you still don't get to go around it you learned lessons instead (laughs) 